0: Hello and welcome to more than a game, a podcast about the A League, Premier League, and more. My name's Tommy C, and this week joining me is Jesse and Colby. Boys, fantastic to to have you on the pod for this uh, Easter Sunday podcast. Uh, how are you this morning,
1: Jesse? Well, this afternoon, I guess we're sorry we've got different time zones. <laughs> Mate, bloody good, um, extra extra hour of sleep and was sensational, always is, uh, and also finally um, being able to enjoy a. a A Liverpool a decent Liverpool performance um, was the cherry on top but there's plenty of other moments last night that we'll we'll tuck into shortly. Plenty of moments indeed. Kobe mate how are you this morning
2: this afternoon you know what I mean. Very well Tommy C Uh, reunited and it feels so good it's been so long since we've done a pod together.
0: I, I think the last one was, I think that um, it was lunchtime for me, and because of that, there were aircraft pretty much taking off at regular intervals, which didn't make for great audio quality, I've got to admit, but um, I, I think that was the last time we were together on on the pod, wasn't it?
2: I know, just, just happy to be here. <laughs>
0: All right, mate, uh, bumper pod this week, uh, fellas, so we'll, we'll get straight into it, shall we? Uh, Jesse, what stood out to you uh, this week?
1: Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> Anything that I had lined up before last night, um, and the West Brom Chelsea game, pretty much got smashed to smithereens. Because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, twist the dagger into uh, to George, the resident Chelsea fan. And I just think the West Brom um, game was just absolutely ludicrous and ridiculous. And a lot of people were saying it's the reason why they enjoy Premier League and they enjoy watching um, uh, just football in general. It's for, for games like that. Absolutely absurd. But one of the goals uh, that made my moment of the week was the he could have taken the pick out of a lot of them, but the Cullen Robinson volley was just absolutely sensational. I could sort of imagine in that moment uh, when I was preparing for the pod, just, yeah, Colby doing a chef's kiss. I didn't even need to put it on the run sheet. I knew that he'd be doing that somewhere. Um, and then a special mention to Alison's moustache, which really um, just just warmed my soul uh, seeing that moustache this morning.
0: Allison, I thought it was Borat in goal for um, for Liverpool. <laughs>
2: Great success. <laughs> Very good. Uh, all right, Colby, mate, what about you? What stood out for you this week? Uh, this week, um, well, I've had a, I've had a bit of an eye on the uh, Sergio Aguero uh, farewell tour, well, at least the start of it that's sort of been announced um, uh, th- this week. I think it, it sort of all came out officially and Manchester City confirmed that they're going to have a statue of Sergio Aguero Alongside David Silva and Vincent Kompany outside the Etihad, and I just thought that's a brilliant moment, and it just uh, reminded me that you know the, the sooner we can get clubs in Australia uh, in the A League um, and in the second division, when it when it's if and when it eventually arrives, um, owning their own stadiums and honouring. Um, the legends of of their clubs outside of the stadiums, the, the sooner we get that, the better. Because, you know, as a Brisbane Raw fan, I remember when Matty Mackay retired and people saying like, where's his statue outside of Suncorp? You know, you've got Wally Lewis out there and, you know, you've got the, you know, the the, the immortals from like the, the Queensland State of Origin teams and murals and things like that. But where's where's Matty Mackay out here? Come on, where's Thomas broish um, and, and the sooner we can get our own stadiums and start honouring um, our, our club legends,
1: the better. We've just got Pushkas uh, hiding away in the MCG car park. Just you have in to some... really seek Pushkas out, hey? Eh? <laughs> just just in some bush somewhere. Um, I was just going to say, That's boys. I call Bushkas, eh? Bushkas. <laughs> 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 oh, oh, just thoughts on the Aguero statue. I mean, you know, what are you going to do to get a, a stand then after you? I mean, if not the stand, um, what about an aisle or a, an Aguero? Um, oh. What do you think? <laughs> Jesse in fine form already. Um,
0: if, if there was one thing that stood out to me about that, it was that um, it was just another reminder that um, uh, Manchester City's city, uh, history started in 2010. So uh, I think
2: everyone can get on board with uh, an Aguero statue. Yeah there was a lot of cheeky comments like that on social media but you know well that that's 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 um you know the the, the sort of second part I would, uh, you know the second main phase of Manchester City's history and the scary thing is now like with, with those guys retiring you know fans of other clubs sort of think to themselves oh whew, thank goodness for that but actually like you just don't you just see them going to another level like with the Harlands and and whoever else they they you know they're thinking about bringing in um I, it's just scary to think how how good that club can can be They're just going to go to playing a false nine every week. And, well, we've seen how that goes for Pep. It's true. Jesse, what what
0: haven't you liked this week?
1: I think uh, everything in the own goal category on the flip side of the West Brom performance had to go to Chelsea (laughs) last night. It was just, I don't even know where to start, but I will just zone in a couple of things. I mean, it it all sort of um, reverberates around Thiago Silva and that second yellow, obviously, um, the damage that there was just, you couldn't imagine how catastrophic it was going to be after that. Um, so that's a pretty obvious own goal. But um, uh, a special mention to uh, Olivia Bazarlo, who's a um, FPL and also a uh, Premier League correspondent, who, who tweeted just before the game: Tiago Sua is back in the side. It's a big positive. Hey, you remember when everyone wrote him off when he made that mistake against West Brom at the Hawthorns? That was funny,
3: oh, and um,
1: no. that was that was quickly picked up by uh, by Twitter and put in the um, uh, images that precede unfortunate events. So. <laughs> I thought that was definitely worth the mention. That's one of those moments where you just just leave Twitter, leave off, leave the phone. Just go do something else for a few days because you're going to come back and it's just going to be going absolutely mental. Um, ROP her mentions. ROP, yeah. <laughs> and Colby, what about you? Uh, what was your own
2: goal for this week? I'm going to channel. Um, I'm going to channel my inner demo this week, boys, and I'm going I'm to take take us to Africa. Um, you know, take us around the world as Demo likes to do for his moments of the week and, and own goals. And I'm going to Africa for the African Nations Cup. Uh, They had some qualifiers over the international break. And this own goal goes to the Cameroonian Federation, who left Eric Chupamoting out of the the squad, out of the Cameroonian squad for those qualifiers. Uh, Not because they didn't want to pick him, but because they sent the email call up to themselves rather than to the player. So uh, that, yeah, my own goal, uh, the Cameroonian Federation, and, and it's, a, it's a, you know, they, they look like they needed him too because I, I checked out the results and um, they lost to the island country oh, Cape Verde, yeah. which I've never heard of. Um, I'm sorry to all the people, all of our listeners from Cape Verde, lost 3-1 to them uh, and drew with Rwanda nil all. So it looks like they could have used some of uh, Chippa Moting's
1: rare goals. It's a Portuguese colony, uh, Cape Verde. Cape Verde um but uh emote and um is that one of those examples where the clubs messaged him on iMessage uh, and he hasn't had an iMessage turned on so there's a real <laughs> mix up there So <laughs> like, mate turn your iMessage on you've been selected for the country it's um, one of those like, we were talking about yeah. Seb Alair,
2: I think the, the other week not not getting picked for Ajax because they they uh, made some oh. the club made some mistake as well so but I and and the other thing about this I mean it's not a known goal but I mean Chipper Moting, how wild is this man's career? Like, went from Stoke to PSG to Bayern. Like, he's the man's just a salmon. He's just, like, he's swimming upstream. <laughs> he's the Roberto Martinez of, of players. Yeah. Just keeps failing up. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm like, it's not as if he's been, like, you know, banging the door down or anything. I, I looked at his stats. He, he played 30 games for Stoke, five goals, five assists, then goes to PSG, 31 games over two seasons for PSG, six goals, one assist. Uh, then gets a move to Bayern, and he's played 17 games and got one goal, zero assists for Bayern. So, I mean, I mean, get Seven yourself a, get yourself an agent get yourself, an agent, get yourself an agent like uh, Chupamoting. <laughs> <laughs> These are all Lord Benton areas.
0: Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, boys. Um, before we get into the, this week's A League, though, a few few points of news uh, from the week, though. First up, the Women's World Cup twenty twenty three cities or uh, host cities were announced. Boys, any any major takeaways from from you about that? Things you like, things you didn't like. Colby
2: Go-
1: Gosford stiffed. <laughs> I was a bit I was a bit surprised with uh, the New Zealand stadiums with um, Hamilton. Uh, getting the nod over Christchurch. I know Christchurch has been a bit lean with um the capacity after the earthquakes. We still haven't built the the proper replacement stadium. We've had a sort of a makeshift stadium. So maybe that was what came into it because Dunedin, um, which has a new stadium in the south of um the South Island has is is gonna be one of the um the host mm. cities. It's a great stadium for football, actually. I'm I'm excited to see some games there.
0: New Zealand is probably flush with fantastic rectangular stadiums.
1: Am I right? Well, the 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 Dunedin Stadium which was built kind of just after I finished studying so it's been there for about 10 years or so um that is a cracking ground and it's also got a roof and um glass to allow the light come through that's a great rectangular stadium and the sound is meant to be the acoustics is meant to be sensational but the other grounds um around the country has actually been the contrary we've had to have a lot of makeshift um half cricket half rugby stadiums which is then used for football so unfortunately i've grown up watching a lot of football and rugby um in in stadiums which are around um and that's I, i'm never a fan of that so is uh, maybe the hamilton stadium is a good um rectangular stadium so that might have been the reason why uh, it got the tick but yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing some really really good football across the two countries because the, the, some of these stadiums are going to be cracking venues particularly the one that we uh it's just down the road from all of us at Amy Park,
0: I was just saying, I'm I'm surprised there are so many round pitches in uh, in New Zealand, though. Um, I mean, it's a it's a rugby mad uh, country, so I would have thought there would have been heaps of uh, heaps of rectangular pitches, and they would have been sort of the dominant uh, the dominant thing. But, alas. It's just not to be. One other thing, uh, I guess, there were a couple of things that stood out. Um, Tasmania obviously missed out again. I'm not sure that they really had a, a rectangular pitch uh, which was ready to go. Um, and also, uh, New Zealand for for their announcement um, utilized indigenous city names for uh, alongside all of their uh, all, alongside all of their, I guess, Anglo Anglo names as well. Which that caught the attention of many of an Australian as well, and everyone went, well, "Why didn't we do that?"
2: I saw Vince Rigari's tweet about this because he was one of the prominent people on soccer Twitter that called this out. And um, there was somebody that wrote back to him, um, I think another journo, I, I don't have the tweet in front of me, but um, they mentioned something, um, which was that um, the, the indigenous language used in the um, New Zealand names w- is an official language of New Zealand. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jesse, but um, mm-hmm. it, yeah. not in Australia. And I guess that's really the thing that speaks to um uh, you know the state of affairs in Australia versus New Zealand more than anything, but that that might be why FIFA chose to utilise that in in the announcement. And it, they 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 just looked and it wasn't an official language listed um, for Australia, so they didn't use it. Just went straight to the Wikipedia article. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> no, just just English.
0: Okay, yeah, we'll just uh, no, English. Okay. okay, no worries. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and if there's one, one final thing that I wanted to throw out about this was uh, I did see someone suggest on um, Twitter that um, instead of calling it the Women's World Cup uh, 2023, we should just call it the World Cup in 2023, which I thought was a like a, a very small but
2: uh decent For inclusivity, outcome. yeah. Yeah, I think yeah, exactly. that, kind of, that kind of thing is coming, isn't it? Yeah. The, there's there's like no no we, way. we wonder why we've been calling it, you know, the Women's World Cup and not calling it the Men's World Cup, et cetera, et cetera, for all this time. So, yeah. The, small they're things not played like at that. At the same time. Yeah. There can't be any confusion, like the date <laughs> is the thing that differentiates them, not the the gender of of player. Exactly. Um, all right. A few more things before
0: we uh, get into the A League. Uh, the Ireland circus appears to be winding up this week. Minarayola is he's uh, gone into overdrive. We had saw him. I think he popped up in in Madrid and and then in England as well boys what do, you, what do you make of this is is this going to be uh sort of like the the decision in in the nba a few years ago um or or like uh anton griezmann as, as well yeah i think are gonna say i think griezmann yeah 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 no it was lebron I, it was lebron where he and like two other guys were just like nah like we just want to win rings so we, we're gonna go to miami and all three of us like it was
1: like the three biggest players at the same time
0: yeah Damo went, i need to
1: talk american sport <laughs> yeah with with the Haaland thing, I I just think that this is just the beginning. I mean, like, there's just there's absolutely no rush for anything on the Dortmund side um, to be moving. There's they, they've still got plenty of business to do, and they've got the Champions League coming up, and there's no incentive for them to to um to get started. But they'll they'll be um they're in a great position, Dortmund. I mean, they can make an absolute fortune off this. Um, and Riola's um some of his comments. I was listening to another podcast that was talking about Riola, like just specifically about him. And one of his comments was with Haaland is that he actually thinks that maybe he could have skipped Dortmund and gone to a bigger club straight away, which obviously, you know, the benefit of hindsight. Um, but he, he you know, obviously as the, his agent, he was confident that maybe he was actually ready, didn't realize, but he was actually ready to skip that step and go straight to, to a Real Madrid or Barcelona. So with those comments kind of circulating at the moment, um, it just adds fuel to the fire as to where he's going to go. And it also just means that Dortmund, I mean, Dortmund will be resigned to, to losing him. So it's just like, how much are they going to get? I mean, they could buy insane amount of um, talent with the money they're going to get from Haaland. Put some respect uh, on every- Dortmund, Rayola. Uh And, and I'll <laughs> tell you how much they're going to get. They're going to get €150 million Euros because that's the price that uh,
2: Dortmund have set on them. And and Dortmund aren't just going to roll over either. Look at what they did uh, last summer with, um, with Jadon Sancho they held firm on that and um you know united were were buzzing around and they wanted to get a better price and dortmund were just like no this is the price we're selling him for and you you can meet it and and take the player or, or not so uh, you know it looks like they've signaled that intention again with Haaland nice and early 150 million euro I, I believe is the price they've they've set on him but um i, I think he'll be a dortmund player next season
0: hmm very interesting big call colby all right, uh, one final thing is A-League sensation Alu Kowal. He's already been linked with a, a big move away from the A-League, off to Germany, uh, playing, possibly playing alongside Ireland, which would just sort of blow the mind a little bit. Boys, do you think it's a, a good move for Alu Kowal to, to go to Stuttgart at, at the end of the season? Jesse?
1: Well, who, who was it? I think it was you, Cole, because somebody was mentioning that, um, you know, there could be a, a first 11 of uh, players that went to Germany and came back, and maybe even a coffee table book um that we could create um, <laughs> and just have a quick read on all the players that sort of did the loop and came back to the A League. We don't want that, of course. We want them to be a success. So um I would like to think that this would be a success. But I mean we've seen we've seen um on the New Zealand side of things, Sarprit Singh go over there and actually stay there and actually I mean obviously not stay in the first eleven, but stay in the um the buy-in system. So he's obviously um changed changed where he's playing now. But I guess the point remains that <laughs> he has he hasn't left he hasn't left where he headed to. He stayed in Germany and stayed playing football. So he's still so young. How, how long has Uprit Singh been overseas for? It's only been twelve months, hasn't it? Oh, it's been longer than that. Surely it's like yeah. coming up to two years. Two years? Uh, yeah. All right. Oh yeah, that, COVID that, is... that's
2: right. Jesse, what you were saying before, like, um, you know, if he, if he goes after like half a season of being decent or, you know, full season, it will be in the end of being decent in the A-League. Yeah. He'll, he'll be the stri- starting striker in my transferred before they were ready. 11, uh, and, and left wing obviously will be Azani, and, and we can <laughs> um, talk about the rest of the uh, 11 at a future time. But geez, like, come on, mate, like you're going to go in underdone, and, you know, sit on a bench at some club I'd love him to go and succeed and, and players should go and test themselves but I don't know I, I really think I mean a club like Stuttgart. who knows maybe maybe he would be getting minutes off the bench or, or starting um, and, and you never know um, who's going to make the step up well but it just at this time it just doesn't it feels early it feels really early. Well, you know what this reminds me of? This reminds me
0: of um, about eighteen months ago when we were talking about Arlen going from RB Salzburg to to Dortmund and saying, "Oh, yeah, he really needs that extra step." And I think in twelve months' time, you never know, we could be talking about Kual and saying he didn't need to go to to Real Madrid via
1: Stuttgart; he could have gone straight there. <laughs> you, you heard it here first, listeners. He's going straight. Anything's to Real possible. Anything's possible. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's move on to some
0: A League though.
4: got Now they've got numbers. Diamante. Now as Perez has the speed down that right-hand side. Delivery back pose for Barisha. head Equaliser! Lucky Wales with his first goal for Western United in the right place at the right time after superb lead-up play from the home team. And Diamante, Diamante involved. And that's where he's so clever. I mean, his is not the telling pass in this, but it's the way he finds space. And that pass to Proust, maybe a little bit over here, hangs it up to the back post. Berisha does really well there. And the Boots presence often draws the ball this side. Gave it away. Diamante. Look at that. The crowd buzzes for Wales. Barisha. isn't happy and that's what a key player does to you, doesn't even look out to Lockheed Wales, he's got plenty of space, This sees Borussia just darts in front.
0: Of... First in race. up the, the Good Teams Melbourne derby, uh, Western United versus Melbourne City uh, opened up round 14 in the A-League at Amy Park, goals from X city prospect Lockie Wales um, and Bessar Borussia gave Western United a really good
2: comeback win, what was the turning
0: point for Western United though? Um, the turning
2: point. The turning point was City missing about three or four chances. Naboo should have had two of his own. Um, I think Noon could have had another goal. Like they, they, they went up early and they were they were throwing everything. But um, I, I thought Melbourne City were a bit wasteful. I mean, credit to the Woo, they still had to score their two goals and and turn it around. But um, yeah, I think that, that the turning point
1: really was um, uh, City just being wasteful in front of goal. Quite a contrast in styles as well, because I mean, City just love to keep the ball on the ground and finesse their way through and the woo just seem to have this 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 drive or this gear that they go into when they just decide that they're like okay well we're not going to go through them so we're just going to hit it down the wing and cross it in and and they just seem to just get like these really sort of workingman like goals that like the the goal that uh Lockie Wales scored was just endeavor getting it in crossing it in header across the face of goal and then he tapped it in with his head as well so it was just but that that last goal from um uh, this is where they have that little bit of like cherry on top with Di- Diamante with that un- unbelievable pass out to um to Bears. It's the Diamante Diagonal. Diamante That's Diagonal. Fair. Simply the Bears. Um how about that finish, <laughs> lads? Um Mamma mia. Boys, boys for me, I'm gonna say that the
0: the catalyst for Western United getting back into the game was actually Diamante coming on because he comes on in the 57th minute and then the 60th minute they uh, they equalize through Lucky Wales as as we said, but then mm-hmm. another five minutes later, um uh Diamante, Wales, and Bruce are all combine. And um that, that goal for me, that um the winner for, for Western United, that was up there, I thought, with that Wellington goal from I think two weeks ago in terms of fantastic counter-attacking football it was an absolute peach of a goal from the pass lucky wales just doing something simple and Bessar perusha with one a great touch to bring down the ball and then two just a fantastic finish as well it was oh.
1: we could eulogize we could eulogize that pass all day but i think the thing i love about it the most is that i think sometimes in football when players get so technical they don't just hit it first time they they sort of like they love to take a touch and get into their patterns and and sometimes that's fine like but sometimes on the counter attack, um, we saw this uh, a month or two ago when Shakiri did an early ball to Salah and Salah tapped in it I think in the West Ham game, it was just because mm-hmm. he took it first time because he took it first time it was that's what made the goal and I think it was a similar thing here like I just love the vision but I also love the fact that he didn't muck around, um and he just he just played what was in front of him so it was a really natural kind of um piece of play by Diamante.
2: Well, it, was it was a bit was of an improvised
1: of- finish by Bez because the the ball sort of popped
2: up to him in the box and it popped up and then he's he's done the little pirouette and sold the defender as if he was going to go across the face of goal and then at the last minute just shifts his body and and slots it um, you know on on the other side. It was just beautiful play, but yeah, it was slightly improvised and and not in not in the sort of his standard pattern of play as, as Tommy was saying. And you mentioned about simplicity, um, Jesse. I, I thought Lockie Wales has actually
0: done very well there. Like he, he hasn't done heaps, but I think Lockie Wales is a player that's been guilty in the past of trying to overplay things and dribbling when he probably should just may, maybe um, square a ball or put in an early cross. And uh, I think uh, Lockie Wales is probably going to get a little bit of uh, – not going to necessarily get the, the props for for keeping things simple um, in, in that move as well. And let's face it, Lockie Wales doesn't get a lot of praise, so um, credit where credit's due for once, I think.
2: Well, I'm going to take, I'm going to take credit for that goal because I trashed Lockie Wales two weeks ago on the pod, um, saying that he hadn't, he would scored three goals in close to like 4,000 minutes of football or something like
1: that. But now he's got four goals. So, I mean, you know, good on him. This is this, this could be a, the start of something great. That's the thing when you guys aren't on the same pod, there's no one to defend Lockie Wales. So yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> welcome back, Tommy. The Lockie Wales bloodbath. <laughs> Here's your right
2: of reply, Tommy. The floor's yours.
0: <laughs> um it, it was a pretty disappointing result though for for Melbourne City. It was an opportunity for them to not quite go top, um, but they they would have been able to jump up into, into at least second. So um pretty disappointing result for them after they'd won six on the bounce, which um was uh a league uh top in terms of uh form. But the other the other team that was had also won six on the bounce was Adelaide and and they traveled to to Central Coast. Um in was what was really the uh, top of the table team versus um, one of the form teams in the league. And uh, those who tuned in, I've got to say, I reckon they witnessed a really fun game of football between two teams in great form. Um, and for those who remember early back in the season, not not that long ago, but um, this was a far better game than the last time these two teams met. Remember that absolute shitstorm of a game where Adelaide just jabbed three shitty penalties um, and they were three actual dodgy penalties, not um, Sydney dodgy penalties uh, for those that tuned in last week. Um, but boys, uh, what was your favourite moment of this game? And, and there were many moments.
1: Jesse? It had to um, had to be Quo running into the crowd and just the the crowd going absolutely nuts. Um, yeah, that was pre- and pretty. He's
2: done um, the he hooking into my veins in the yeah, end as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like the, like the 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 the, the Simpsons um, and the A League, like it's that handshake um, handshake emoji, really, isn't it? Like they just they, they just go partner in hand. Um, so many crossovers, but I think it was a sensational. Moment because obviously, um, at that point, the the Mariners were actually probably pretty content in getting back into the game and, and and squaring the game, so that was just an absolute cherry on top. And the forgotten player there, I think it was Nisbet, wasn't it, that um ran to the byline and just never gave up. Um, uh, to quote the commentator at the end, he said that they um they just won't back down the Mariners, it's like a good Tom Petty song. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was a great example of just he just wanted it more and um. Yeah, I thought that, you know, it's always great to see when attacking players just go right to the byline and just don't give up. The goalkeeper, there's always an error in a goalkeeper if they just keep going like that. So, good on him.
0: I'm glad you brought up Josh Nisbet because uh, I think it was Harps who was on commentary for this one. He called Josh Nisbet the work experience kid, which um, given that he's been... <laughs> Given he's been one of the best players, I think, uh, for, for the Mariners this season, I think, um, that is a massive, uh, under, under, undersell of how good Nisbet has been. Maybe that's why he's so, so hungry. He's, he's looking for, uh, for a full time, uh, gig no, at get, the academy or on the squad. <laughs> Matt doesn't get paid. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I thought that was massively disrespectful to, to Josh Nisbet because I think he's been fantastic and, um, even uh, not just considering height, I think he's been fantastic full stop.
3: <gasps>
2: yeah. And, um, um, Jesse was, Jesse was talking about Nisbet and not giving up, but I think that was, um, you know, yes, yes. Nisbet deserves a lot of the credit, particularly for that winning goal, but the whole, like the resilience of the whole team and the belief of the Mariners. So they had a pen saved. Matt Simon had a goal. that was offside. They had one, two goals. Yeah. That were offside one cleared off the line. And this is before Adelaide went ahead Um, and they go behind to Adelaide who were themselves on like a six match or something winning streak. And the Mariners were already without a win in three games and the heat had come off qual a little bit. And then to turn it around like that in the last 20 minutes, the belief of that team is just absolutely incredible. Sorry, Colby. My my two uh,
0: was that they had two penalties saved. So my oh, two Joe, saved. yeah, yeah. Joe Joe Gauci, I think has I think he saved like three penalties now for Adelaide. I, I think he saved one uh, last week or two weeks ago or three weeks ago or something, which is yeah, the- a pretty incredible run for a goalkeeper that's still only I think played less than ten games. I think in the league, he's almost saved more penalties than than games played.
1: Tommy, I believe a um, commentator referred to him as Gauchy the Great. Um- <laughs> uh- <laughs> um
0: sorry sorry colby so um to to revert back to your point though um you're right like this mariners team they they are very resilient and there's lots of quality and and we can see that like this this is a very different mariners team to what we've been seeing over the last few years do you think this is this is the moment where the mariners uh, start to think okay can we
2: actually win this thing as in win the league well, I mean, they've shown that they could beat anyone on their day, and I mean, in, in the A League, especially when it comes to finals, that's what you need to do. You need to be able to dig in and get a win. So, yes, I don't see why not.
1: Jesse, I think everyone's just waiting for this to this, this Cinderella story to go off track, um, but the um, they just won't <laughs> they they won't back down again, to use that phrase. Um they they, they the thing I, I find impressive about this is that you know you can't gloss over the fact that they were one nil down and And just going on to what Colby said there is like if you want to win in the finals and you want to go uh you you want to go all the way you have to find a way to win um even when you're um when you're down and they were one 0 down and they turned it around i think we we haven't even mentioned Bazanich, um and his um and that was next on my list jesse but go on that but that was the contribution obviously that um started the turnaround and it was a real kind of um uh, just following on your comments before Colby about um uh the way they were playing and and their um the attitude like i think one of the things i really liked about it is that they'd, they'd sort of had a um a counter-attack just before that goal and it fizzed out and but there was still so many mariners forward that they just kept throwing people forward and that was the reward they the, the defense hadn't set and does found a little bit of space and scored so it was positive football so again like they were pushing for the equalizer but it just sort of um embodied the way that the mariners are playing at the moment there's a lot of confidence and for
2: Bozanic to come in as well, Jesse,
1: like, like I remember in the preseason when we were all previewing
2: the Mariners um, in our season preview, we were like, okay, Bozanic is, you know, they're the only real signing of note that they've got in. Um, what, But what's he going to do? Like he's not going to really move <laughs> the needle for for the Mariners. They're pretty much an unchanged lineup from the one that either won the wooden spoon or finished second bottom wherever they did the season before and years and years before that. So, but, um, you know, he's come back to the club, he's, he's, Got the armband on. He's been an absolute rock for them in midfield, Um, and now he's just coming up with important goals. Um, Incredible, and and
0: missing penalties as well. But um,
2: and missing, we'll we'll miss that part out. (laughs) Uh, But then then to come back from that as well, because some players, uh, you know, if they have a pen saved, uh, the head would drop, and you know he's had a pen saved and um, and gone on to score quite a good little goal and and lead lead his team to a comeback. So um, there's there's um, there's something in that. You're not wrong though,
0: but um, like if there was one, we were talking about sort of where we where we were looking at um, the Mariners at the beginning of the season. I remember thought, thinking, "Oh, geez, they they've lost Ziggy Gordon. He he was really good for them, and he was a good big leader as well." But um, like Bazanich has replaced Gordon as sort of the the on-field leader, and I mean they they haven't missed uh, Gordon on the pitch either. So um, it, it's just been it's been a delight to watch them actually be good this season, and I think everyone's just enjoying the Mariners. Um, sort of charge up the table at everyone else's expense. Um, Was anything else from from this game before we move on, though? Okay, very good. Um, uh, On, what was it? Uh, I can't remember which day it was, but uh, McBulls hosted Perth at Campbelltown. Uh, MacArthur continued to surprise as a double from Matt Derbyshire saw them grab all three points against a largely toothless Perth glory side. Um, The result sees the McBulls jump up to second, Boys, uh, when will Matt Derbyshire finally get some love on more than a game?
2: Well, he gets I, love from Jesse and I every week.
1: I always <laughs> believed in Matt Derbyshire. Um, <laughs> nah, um I actually to be honest, I haven't had much of an opinion on him. I mean I think I've managed to just miss the weeks where um Damo's absolutely ripped him to shreds. So <laughs> I, every time, oh, yeah.
2: every time I'm on the pod with Damo, I always ask him this question, Tommy. i um, I'm just like, I always ask him, how many goals is is it going to take for you to put some respect on Derbyshire's name? And and Damo told me last time we were on the pod, the Derbyshire is just his non, his his non boy. We don't know what that's like. What, what a better name for that is, but no matter how good Derbyshire is, Damo's is just never going to be on board. It's it's like the football equivalent of uh, I remember I used to I had this bloke at school who
0: was uh, who's of like Indian background and any you talk about any Australian cricketer and he'd just say oh yeah Don Bradman yeah four hundred and fifty two not out all edges and it's like the equivalent of that just saying like <laughs> yeah. every 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 Derbyshire pl- uh, goal is just a tap in or it's just some like arsy goal and, and and none of them have been any good and he's he's still a rubbish player even though he's second uh, second top in the Golden um, Boot standings at the moment. <laughs> Stats don't lie. No, they don't. Um, but like I, two things I guess stood out for me in this game. One, Fornaroli just couldn't get into the game. Um, and although Castro and Armiento were, I thought, were Perth's probably best players, um, Perth really, they, they didn't really offer a, a huge amount. And I think the season's at a bit of a crossroads for Perth because I think um a, Probably a month ago, everyone thought, "Oh, yeah, Perth—they're looking good for the for the top six. and they had a whole bunch of games to to catch up on. But they've just kind of fallen in a heap in in the last uh, half dozen games. They've won one in the last five games, which would be really disappointing, I think, for for Perth. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. The other thing that stood out for me was um, the the back three for uh, for Macarthur. I thought. Um, uh, I thought they all re- had a really good performance. Um, was it Jovanovic, uh, uh, Milligan, and now the third one's escaping me. Um, but I thought the three of them were very good defensively, but also um, it, in particular, I thought all three were very good uh, playing the ball out of defense. They seemed to just cut, um, cut through the, the Perth press and, really like it wasn't there, and, and, and maybe that's more indicative of how how bad the Perth press was, um, but I thought that uh, that was something that stood out particularly for me. So um, um, McBulls are up to second now, um, which I've got to admit, I wasn't predicting that they would they would be second at this point of the season, so um, really positive signs, I guess, for Ante Milicic and, and the McBulls um, as we enter, I guess, the second half of the season. Um, boys anything else that you boys wanted to mention for this one
1: just the um the abbreviation of the name mac per um it kind of sounds like your laptop tommy when you get a football manager uh <laughs> light, light it up get that get that caller fan going um yeah just thought you thought you'd uh, throw that one in there the, <laughs> where where
0: i am it's quite hot right and uh we've got like some outside sauna <laughs> The the other day, some friends and I were watching um, the the Premier League or the A League out um, outside in the in the morning, and it was getting so hot that like my laptop was was battling with the heat to the point where I had to rest it on like a couple of uh, <laughs> bottles of uh, frozen water that we'd got it out of the freezer. So um, you can just imagine how much uh, the old MacBook struggles with Football Manager in this heat. Oh, absolutely,
2: MacBook MacBulls both struggle <laughs> in the heat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Both benefiting from the uh the move to winter.
0: Both love a um, bell. Yeah, yes. <laughs> uh all right. Uh one one final A League game to review, and that's Brisbane versus Western Sydney. Uh a one all draw um in the single Saturday fixture. Uh this one in Brisbane. Boys, this game wasn't uh meant to go ahead because of the the Brisbane COVID lockdown. And I've got to say, some would probably say that it shouldn't have gone
2: ahead. Um fair comment, Colby? yeah correct i would have i would have been happy for this one to be postponed um western sydney were in some pretty good form and um when that kwame yaboa goal went in it was all western sydney and i thought they were going to um run riot especially because brisbane had Aldred and gillespie out with injury and suspension um i thought oh gee this is this is going to be ugly but then brisbane sort of got back into it and um particularly through Joey and um riku danzaki and i thought oh, okay we could be on here but then it just it just fizzled after that and um yeah with without a without a focal point in Scotty Mack he he came back for the club this week um and you know that was an encouraging return but previously you know in the eight games that we've haven't had a win um without him in the team um we, we just didn't have that outlet going forward and uh, even though brisbane um you know it was all brisbane in in the sort of second half in particular of this game it was just never going to go anywhere and uh, yeah it turned into a bit of a snore fest. Yeah, disappointing, I guess, that it was the the single Saturday game for a lot of people. So, um,
0: yeah, if they weren't out uh, visiting family uh, in in the regions or whatever, this was
1: the A League game for them for them to watch. So, can we can we just get a, a shout out to one of the wonders of the world though uh, on that performance, um, Champ Nessie? Uh, surely he was, <laughs> surely he's a lock to go into Wanderers folklore. Um, some absolutely sensational um uh, well moments moments from him. Um, I know that'll just go straight to the highlight reel but um he looked he, he looked <laughs> he decent was electric and he, yeah. yeah and he, and that was a really nice that, that first goal was was mostly him I mean it was a lovely finish um but mostly him
0: yeah pues pues
2: is that has got to be one of the first names on the sheet now for for Brisbane Raw moving forward got to be he was um he Warren Moon often plays him off the bench but um yeah when he's in form like this you you got to you got to get him on there. And and this is the thing that Damo has been saying about the raw and about Warren, the way Warren moon manages Damo's sort of not convinced that Warren moon is um, necessarily playing the, playing the boys who are, are in form. And um, yeah, I, I'm not sure he is either. And I'm not sure that Warren moon necessarily knows whether Joe is going to sort of come off the bench and run at tired defenses, or he's going to start because he's in great form. And I just think that's one thing that, that needs to be sorted out and we need to get into some kind of a rhythm. Fair sure enough. Uh, pretty decent shout there. That really, in either way,
0: whether he's coming off the bench or he's starting, I, I think it's either way, it's going to be good for good for Brisbane.
2: I'm going to go with um, Jim Nessie from now on, Jesse. Though, hundred percent.
0: Alrighty, boys. Any, anything else before we move on to the the big blue? Alrighty. Um look, plenty of uh plenty of A League still to to come this round. We're not going to preview all of them, um, despite what I might have said in the in the run sheet, boys. Uh, we'll, we'll just preview quickly the uh <laughs> we'll just quickly preview the, the big blue though. Obviously Melbourne victory rooted to the bottom of the table. Uh Sydney in rooted sixth right. place. Sixth place with uh two wins from their last five. Boys, can you see anything other than a Sydney victory here?
1: No. Oh, I mean, I mean, unless uh, I would... unless unless something, I mean, we've seen some strange results already this weekend uh, in different leagues, um, but I just, I can't see it. Can't
0: Give see us the it. score prediction, then, boys. Jesse, you first. Two 2-0 to Sydney. Colby,
2: three one Sydney for me. I'm going to go four nil to Sydney. Oh. Sorry, Tommy. The only the only thing um, in Melbourne victory's favour and going against Sydney is they've just been a bit wasteful in front of goals themselves. And uh, the likes of Costa Barbarusas, uh and Trent Bahadur have not been quite the outlets for goals that we thought they were going to be from for Sydney. And And I don't think um, the, the club were expecting Bobo to carry too much goal scoring weight um, when bringing him back. Um, so I, I'm just not sure where all of their goals are coming from. I think they're going to score goals because it's Melbourne victory and they've just been shipping goals for fun. But um, and maybe maybe this will be the game that uh, the confidence booster that some of those Sydney players need. But that that's that would be my only caveat for um, for for a Sydney um you know running wild with this one. It doesn't
0: really matter what uh, Barbarusis and Bahadur do when uh, Babo scores four goals. So there you go. <laughs> All right, boys. Uh, a League Survivor tipping continues to to go on. I think we're into round seven now, which is uh, a lot longer than the um, than the first version went for. Uh, Matt Olsen and HSN continue to duke it out. Um, Matt Olsen jumped out to an early league this, uh, lead this time around, um, and really with uh, both players uh, selecting uh, two, uh, two uh, of the same side in a couple of the matches, it means that this uh, this one comes down to uh, who wins in Melbourne City uh, versus Wellington and Western Sydney versus Central Coast. So um, a little bit of extra little little bit extra riding on those two matches there. If there's a draw in both of those matches, though, obviously it means uh, Matt Olsen, he takes out the the prize, though. So good luck to HSN and Matt Olsen, and we'll be able to talk about this more next week. Hopefully we've got a result. Please have a result. Um, all right, boys, next on to the Premier League, though.
4: Yakushlu, and he was caught on the edge of the box, was he? Oh, he was, he's and got. Thiago Silva with a foul, a second yellow card for the Brazilian, he's just come back from injury, he's off the field. Well, It's a challenge that you shouldn't even make, you know you're on a yellow card, why would you try and dive in? Johnston it, and Matias Ferreira, it. he's in behind, loops it over Mendy! And West Brom a level. Against the ten men of Chelsea, route one stuff, but a fine finish. Phillips bursts away from Marcus Alonso. Still Phillips, looking to bend off the crossbar. West Brom all over Chelsea at the moment. Wow, what an effort that was! This ball round the corner. But again, playing themselves into trouble here, Chelsea. And there could be even more problems. It might break to Matthias Pereira, it's Robinson instead! Oh, oh, that's beautiful! Matthias Pereira has done it again! This is incredible. I mean, how do you write the script? Chelsea cruising, winning 1-0. Just before half time, West Brom score a couple of goals. Uh,
0: okay, so uh, look, the the big match of the round really was, uh, I guess, Leicester versus uh, Manchester City, uh, another top of the table clash. Um, but, but really, it was disappointing in in really every way. The the first half was a real arm wrestle. Um, City just choking the life out of the game as Leicester were happy to sit deep and try to replicate their early season five two win uh, from back in September. Um, but Look, it wasn't nearly as exciting as that game back in September. Um, in the first half, there were uh, offside goals uh, for or disallowed goals for both sides, um, and really it looked like still uh, City were were going to take this out. And um, yeah, it was. Uh, to, to borrow your turn of phrase, uh, Colby and Jesse, before the pod, this was really business as usual still uh, for City with them uh, scoring two goals in the second half. Um, both uh, The catalyst for both goals really was Kevin De Bruyne with the, the pre-pre-assist uh, before Marius, Rodri and uh, Bendy combined for Bendy to score the first one. Um, and then another pre-assist for um, uh, for Kevin De Bruyne to, to set up uh, the goal as well there.
2: Um, Can we make pre-assist, pre-assist? Like not thing? It's just like, I just don't like, like that word. That's just a personal thing. Pre-assist or the pre-pre-assist? Pre-assist. Well,
0: what do you sound think right. it should be? Do you prefer the assist to the assist?
2: Yeah, assist for the assist. It's a bit harder to say, but it it's doesn't sound early. like pre-cum.
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, nothing to wow. add here, boys. <laughs> oh, only, I, only the match of the round, Leicester versus Man City. Oh. oh, wait, are we talking about West Brom already? Uh, yeah. yeah, I think so. Um,
0: boys, uh, Chelsea versus West Brom, the uh, the Chewbacca game, um, pretty batshit crazy game at Stamford Bridge. Uh, i I've got to admit, when I saw Chelsea go, went up 1-0 after 27 minutes, I thought this game was done. And uh, I was pretty much just saying to the people I was watching the game with, saying... Look, this is the problem with the Premier League this season. You've got huge disparity between the the teams, um, and really they're not particularly entertaining games. And then literally sixty seconds later, Thiago Silva got sent off, and the the game just turned on its head completely. And it turned into an A League game, which I think is probably the the biggest possible compliment to um uh to the A League. I think at the moment. Um, how how watchable it is. But um five goals for West Brom, uh only one returned after the red card from Chelsea, uh leaving it five two. And I'm I'm still dizzy. But the the last uh the last hour of this game was absolutely
2: wild, wasn't it, boys? Crazy. Absolutely crazy. Um and we've got a couple of stats here. I mean, firstly, you would have thought that Chelsea would have been able to keep it tight, even though they went down to ten men. It's it, lads, it's West Brom. Come on. Um, but Tuchel got big sammed in a big way. Um, And Chelsea um, have conceded 32% of West Brom's total season goals. West (laughs) Brom have got to Chelsea and they scored 25% of those in this match tonight. So come on,
1: come on, lads. What do you do? There's another, there's another stat though, that are separate to that was like, you know, Chelsea hadn't conceded other than like two goals in the last like 10 or something games. And they conceded five against West Brom in one game. Like, Absolutely absurd, uh, whichever way you look at it. I'll elaborate upon some of those stats there. So so Chelsea
0: had conceded zero goals in their last seven games in all competitions. Uh, had to go back to, their, to the game against Southampton for the last goal that they conceded. Uh, obviously, they scored five in this game though, which obviously that's a, a pretty big anomaly. Um, it means Chelsea have conceded eight goals against West Brom this season, which just boggles the mind. And uh, West Brom had also scored one goal in their last five games as well. So as
1: George said, how are these fuckers last? <laughs> I mean, like everyone's been big Sam before, and you know, it, there's, there's always a, there's always a chance of a big Sam in at any moment. But the thing I don't get about this game is that um, if anything, uh, Tushu actually kind of went rogue pep on this, and, and he overcomplicated things because. A lot of his selections were to do with these players playing big minutes in international breaks. So he took out Rudiger, who's been one of their best, um, and he's particularly good when they are opened up, which it doesn't happen very often. But when they are opened up, he's the last man there, making the blocks, making the saves, which is I think what they wanted to get from Silver yesterday. But as soon as he, um, as soon as he got red carded, it was just wow, like the defense just got completely opened up, and like my. My own fantasy team was the uh, the roller coaster journey um, that everyone needed. I had Alonzo as captain, oh, and um, no. Um, no, I, I actually don't, I regret nothing because it was just it was <laughs> it, it started off with him. Um, it started off with him with a sensational free kick. Didn't get the goal, but he got the assist, uh, fantasy assist with um, Pulisic scoring. And you're like, oh, we're on here. Uh, we're going to get a clean sheet and a and an assist. It's going to be an absolute haul. Then Silver gets red card silver gets red card i'm like this is not good and then i'm watching i'm just watching like some absolutely schoolboy defending and that it just it just it never got better for chelsea and alonso just going back to alonso he just summed it all up i mean he he looked like he was going to get five goals in the first half and then after silver got sent off he was just ripped open on that left or right flank um and just look they always looked vulnerable and every time west Brom went forward Chelsea looked like they were going to concede, and that really um, they brought on Mount to try and um, bring that um, to help Kovacic in the uh, midfield. But it, it, they just couldn't. They couldn't get out. Even Kovacic was making mistakes near the end of the game, um, and given the that green away. and yellow kit, Jesse, the the uh, West Brom Barcode. kit. I
2: squinted. I squinted at one point, and I thought I was watching Prime Brazil. The <laughs> way they were swaggering around. That Robertson goal though was just absolutely sensational. Like. All of the goals, every goal, yeah, each of the five goals were just insane. So Pereira, you had the looped finish and then a really composed one. Callum Robinson, you had that delicious volley that was your moment of the week, Jesse, and the little dink as well. Um, and some stats on him. He scored five out of five of his league goals against Chelsea. And he's the first player in the <laughs> Premier League era to score at least two goals home and away against Chelsea. Um, for two delicious finishes, and then they that that team goal that they were just—I I don't have the stat in front of me for who finished that one, but my god, was it Robinson again? Yeah, Or was uh, it Daniel? Dan- 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 oh, that Dan- was that. Dan- yeah, Daniel. Yeah. Dan- oh my god, I, I, that that I've goal got, was just beautiful.
0: I've got in my notes that that reminded me of uh, Wellington or Western United in the, in the A League with with their recent counter-attacking efforts as well. So the ultimate compliment, really.
2: This was a real A <laughs> League game. Yeah.
0: It really was. And um, Jesse, you mentioned about um, fantasy premier league as well. If there was one, uh, one small thing that um, fantasy premier league players will have noticed, it was that um, Sam Johnson, he got the, um, uh, he got the assist for, uh, I think it was Pereira's first, First uh, which I mean, everyone loves to see it when a, when a goalkeeper gets an assist in FBL. It's just tickles
2: the senses.
1: Especially when nobody owns the guy as well yeah, yeah. <laughs> except
2: one bloke probably who's like triple captain dim or something like that yep yeah it's pretty pretty wild game and it was it was the match
0: of the round it was far more exciting than i think anyone could have possibly predicted um, i'm
2: glad we I, opened I, with that yeah <laughs> <laughs> me too me too yeah <laughs> the magic of editing
0: um, <laughs> Uh, also, we had uh, uh, in one uh, the other match that was played last night was uh, Leeds uh, hosted Sheffield United in the uh, the Yorkshire Derby. Uh, another close game, but ultimately another loss to Sheffield United as they grimly stayed in the match. But uh, another match that once again they just couldn't uh, couldn't find the quality to to stay in the match on the scoreboard. Though um, I thought this pretty much summed up uh, Sheffield United's season. They they were good for big big chunks of the game, but Ultimately, if you, you don't score goals, um, you're just not going to win or draw football matches, unfortunately. Boys, anything else uh, particularly you want to add uh, about this game? Because I don't really want to say much about it. Just Actually, of- sorry. I've got two stats that I don't want to mention about this game. The first one was Ben Osborne. He he scored for Sheffield United. He broke a 46-game goalless streak uh, since he last scored. Um, that last goal was against Leeds United in January 19. Um I liked that one, and the other one was uh, Phil Jagielka. He also scored, um, uh, scored uh, an own goal though. Uh, it was his third own goal against Leeds United in his career. I mean, some people, some people are just happy to, to score it all. Um, some people are just happy to score three goals, but somehow Jagielka has managed to score three own goals um, all against Leeds in his career. So, Phil was the guy. But
1: yeah, it was, but, but it was to be expected. I mean, I think, I think. Watching the first half, at least leads were all over them, and I think that you you, you would have been wouldn't have been surprised if they were up 2, two 3 nil by half time. They didn't um, put away all the chances they had. Dallas had Dallas had plenty of opportunities in that game, um, but that goal just before half time for Sheffield United really um, changed the tide for a while. So it's good to see them showing some fight. I'm sure Dame would be pleased about that. Um, but yeah, they ended up just getting sort of overwhelmed in the end.
0: I thought this was going to be a bit of a cricket score with, with Chris Wilder gone and really they've got nothing to play for. But, yeah, they, they did show plenty of pride and they stayed into the game, uh, which surprised me, but ultimately didn't surprise me that they didn't win it or draw. So, there you go. Um, boys, one final game from last night, though, which was Arsenal hosting Liverpool at the Emirates. Uh, two Liverpool fans, Jesse Colby, what did you make of the match?
2: Well, I mean, Liverpool, I think I saw a stat that we can no longer mathematically win the league. So, I mean, that's a bit disappointing. But mm. uh, you know, uh well, West Brom, ever. West Brom did us some uh did us some favors by uh smashing Chelsea and so now uh now we're sitting fifth, uh two points off them in fourth. Um but I mean Jota, it's 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 all about Diego. Uh the the man's the Portuguese Timmy Cahill, I'll tell you what, the way he gets up into the air,
1: wins those yeah. headers, how does he do it? Yeah, the Portuguese shirt's in the background, nobody can see it, but um, <laughs> um, it's um, it's there for. Oh, we for can't see it. It's it's Jota's day. Um, I that guy is just absolutely on fire, and I think the thing that impress, impresses me the most about Jota is this injury that happened in between. So he was looking so good before his injury, and then he was out for a few months, which obviously we really missed him. But um, it's so unusual for a player that's on a hot streak going into an injury. To have an injury and then just to come back and just pick up where they left off and that's what he's done and if not if anything it's like he's he was never he was never gone because his, his performances for portugal in the international break and last night i mean everything from the international break suggested that he was going to be um a bit of a weapon against arsenal but then he starts on the bench doesn't matter comes on like the 59th minute and scores two goals before the end of the game. So. It's just as his, um, his positioning that impresses me. He always pops up in the right place um, and that's a real area that we've lacked. We've lacked that kind of penetrative run um, and that last goal was just him being in the right place at the right time. So he's just, he's doing everything right and I think he's going to really cause a headache for, um, for Klopp going into the Champions League tie. I mean, do they start him? I mean, I personally think you've got to start him.
2: Have to. Like on that kind of form, you absolutely have to, don't you? And the other person, Jesse, I'm glad to see back is, is Fabinho in the midfield. I mean, I know he's played one or two games there now back in the midfield, but I mean, oh, such a breath of fresh air. Like the the, the centre-backs barely had to do anything and Alisson could have had a feijoada in, in, in goals. He could have just like, you know, sat down and helped himself to a delicious meal.
1: Shaved. He could just shave if he wants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: So uh no uh, that's all down to Fabinho as well he was um he was a real uh, unsung hero or maybe a sung hero in certain corners of this game but um yeah good good to see him back
1: boys at the risk of um Sal just you know heading for an early shower uh, we should probably talk about arsenal um i've just got a wee wee stat here the xg philosophy tweeted um arsenal's xg was 0.09 uh liverpool's was 2.17 so you know the, the, the stat closest very 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 conclusive that you, did, you didn't have to watch the game to get this but having watched the game they just they could not hold the ball Utegaard was kind of like an example of he couldn't he they needed to get the ball to him to make something to happen make something happen but he couldn't even get the ball um Aubameyang Lacazette they just weren't in the game um the, the commentators kept talking about how the center backs for Arsenal couldn't even get past half away. Um, and if you watch the highlights I mean it's it's pretty grim for for Arsenal fans because they barely touched the ball well but when they did touch the ball pretty much most of the highlights if you watch them is just Arsenal losing the ball um, and so we know that Liverpool presses we know that Liverpool puts pressure on on teams but Arsenal losing the ball and conceding goals has been the Achilles heel of their season um, doesn't matter if they're playing Liverpool or Burnley they just find a way to make a mistake near their box and and concede a, a silly goal and that's what will piss the um, Arsenal fans off most. I think is that yeah Liverpool played really well, but Liverpool hadn't converted a goal and actually had anything to show for it until after the 60 minute mark. Um, so Arsenal would ha- had sort of hung in there all the way to the second half, and then it was just it was just errors, errors let them down, and Arteta will be really worried about that because they um, they've actually got really good fixtures to finish the season. They're still in the Europa League, but that's not that's not what the kind of form you want to have going into their their game midweek.
0: Yeah, boys. Um, you mentioned about um, I guess the midfield, and and it sounds like they did a really good job of uh, of shielding the the back four. You had um, Kabak and and Nat Phillips. Um, they've obviously kept a clean sheet as well. Good performance from them, or just didn't really have to do much. Is much more. You you've got to say about this one, really, or
1: just I just um, I think it's 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 that time of the season where coming off the international break, you don't know what to make, I and mean, we've still got games to be played this round, obviously. Um, but you don't know how your team's gonna line up. I think it's been a great break for Liverpool. Um, um we'll we'll see in the coming weeks how how good a break it's been. But I think we really needed to um uh, basically, you know, recharge and and rethink our strategy. So it's been good for us. But I think um the performances so far have been pretty random. And I think now we're gonna start to see a really spicy top four race. Um and and that Chelsea result has really opened the door for a lot of teams. Uh, Liverpool Liverpool's one of them, but not just us.
0: A hundred percent. So, um, Jesse, you're looking at the the table now. So, Liverpool have jumped up to fifth with that result, um, and Chelsea obviously uh, dropping points as well. It means that Liverpool are only two points behind Chelsea in fifth. Um, however, West Ham, Tottenham, and Everton all have at least one game in hand. So, so Liverpool. It's good to be, I personally prefer to to jump out and get sort of that uh, bit of an early early jump on your competitors and, and be able to to sit there for at least 24 hours. Um, but it's going to be interesting, I guess, the, the pressure's really on West Ham, Spurs and Everton now to be able to get um, results against their respective, uh, or in their respective games um, in the next couple of days. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this top four um, uh, race plays out over the next uh, two months. Um, boys, we we got plenty of previews though. To before we wrap out uh, the this week's pod though, um, we'll quickly whip through, and uh, I guess if each of you can select a, a winner and and why you think they're going to win. Um, Jesse, the first one up is uh, Southampton are hosting Burnley. Uh, who's your who's your winner in this one and why?
1: Southampton's been going really. Um all out in the cup competition and uh, Burnley needs the points. Um, so everything points to Burnley putting in a great performance. I had the done as a, a 1-0 Southampton still, um, but I've heard, I think Ward-Prowse is carrying a, a niggle and might not play. And I sort of, I'd kind of base that prediction based on Ward-Prowse providing some magic um, somewhere in the game from a set piece. So it could end up just being a nil so I'm going with one nil Southampton, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's just a nil-all draw. Uh, probably a good point for both teams.
0: Something that will blow your minds, uh, I think, a little bit here is Burnley and Southampton are on not only the same points uh, at this stage of the season, but they're also on the same goal difference as well. Um, I I think Southampton have scored about 20 more goals, but also conceded 20 more goals than than Burnley. So I was not tracking that they were both at sort of the same level at this stage of the season, because it feels like Southampton have had a far better season. But It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. Table doesn't lie, does it? Um, Colby, uh, for you, Newcastle are hosting Tottenham Hotspur. Like I said, uh, Spurs have got a chance to jump uh, up to fifth um, if results go their way. Who, who are you picking in this one?
2: Oh, I think this will be a comfortable Spurs victory. Um, Newcastle still haven't arrested the slide. And um, I think the reverse fixture of this one was a was a Tottenham blowout as well, if memory serves. I haven't got that That's in front good. of me either. But
1: it, I think a Harry draw. Kane and... was Ozzie- it? Yeah, it was a one or draw because it was a one or draw because of that um, that that crazy Dyer. Maybe I should have um, the stat in front of me next time. It was D- <laughs> Dyer, That's Dyer. Better when you don't. Dyer yeah. got done for that handball. I don't know if you guys remember, but he um, he just sort of got hit at close range. His, his arm got hit at close range, and they gave the penalty at the end. Um, and Newcastle. I think Jesse's Jesse's the right person to be doing these previews because he's, he's <laughs> so close on all of the stats for FPL this season. So New, Newcastle's just Sweet. been so poor that you could easily just think that they got steamrolled the first time around. I think they probably will get steamrolled as well, mate. I think you're right. I um, think Harry Kane was, and Son are going to fill their boots.
0: This this was the game, gents, where Callum Wilson scored a penalty in the 97th minute um, yeah. for it to be one-all. And, yeah, I think every, you can just imagine Jose would have just been absolutely seeding to kind of have been Jose'd. Uh, I think uh, Newcastle had 34% of the possession in that game. So, yeah, just really got, Jose got Jose'd. got Mm. all right uh moving on though uh Jesse Aston Villa hosting Fulham Fulham still within a shout uh, I guess sort of staying up this season so they've got everything to play for whilst Villa, their season really is sort of petering out as they sort of have dropped points recently which uh, means that it's unlikely for them to make a European spot now but
1: who's, who's your winner I've actually I'm back in um Fulham um Fulham has really struggled uh, F- Fulham have really struggled to um, score goals um, and so it's an unlikely result but I, I think Fulham like Fulham have just got so much to play for in kind of like they're in no danger like literally on the table but they're in danger of just slipping into a, a, a pattern of complacency because they've had all these games in hand uh, and, and and a few weeks ago that was kind of like seen as like this is what's going to give them a, a realistic chance to be in the same position as your West Ham is. Um, they had all these games in hand and you thought they could actually stay up at the end of the table, but they've kind of slid away with their form. So mm-hmm. I just can't see Villa having the same same desperation that Fulham will have. And I can kind of see um, Villa, I mean, it all depends on how Grealish plays because I think he's coming back this week. But um, I, I think Fulham, Fulham to win this one nil. I think Josh Marger to get the goal. There you go. You heard it there first, and, and that I think would bring
0: um, asked, uh, Christian Fulham up in or out of the relegation zone possibly if if Newcastle lose. Colby, Manchester United are hosting Brighton. Manchester United can go four points clear of Leicester into second if they get uh, all three points here. Brighton still looking over their shoulder at Fulham, who are just six points back. Hopefully, you can still hear me, uh, Colby. Who are you picking for the win? Picking for the win here.
2: I think this is going to be a United victory, Tommy. I think um, I think Martial is going to shrug off a bit of frustration. He's going to get a goal in the 61st minute, and then uh, Brighton are going to hit the uh, the crossbar a few times. And then uh, Fernandez is going to get an 88th minute penalty to seal it for United and putting the pressure
1: on Brighton in their relegation battle. And that's uh, exactly how this one's going to play out. Just to clarify, is that um, uh, Bruno Fernandes' uh, penalty going to be before or after on the full time whistle? Uh, before or after the full time whistle? Um, uh, it's going to just- come in the eighty eighth <laughs> minutes, actually. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. man, um, I can I kind of agree, um, but <laughs> but but Brighton, like Brighton, have been perky recently. I I, I don't know. I, I, maybe Brighton's got a chance here, boys. <laughs> Was um
0: if if do you guys remember the earlier fixture of this game in in the uh, beginning of the season? I think it was like the second round or something like that. Where um remember Brighton hit the post five times and Bruno Fernandez got that penalty after the final whistle. Um, do, uh, do you think we're going to see a repeat of that?
1: Well, that's what that's what we expect to see. Um, and so I, I think what you've said, Colby, is probably what's going to happen. But I just Brighton just they've just shown something in the last couple of weeks i mean i know newcastle can play any team into form but i don't know like you can sort of see trossard uh popping up and scoring a goal here and just making um uh, united really really sweat for that equalizer it could end up being a one-one united brighton um who knows boys uh, i'm back in brighton here eh? go on back, in. <laughs> back in the moon.
0: All righty, boys. Jesse, uh, Everton are hosting Crystal Palace. Uh, Everton uh, will want to renew their push for the Champions League. Uh, Remember, they still have an extra game in hand, whilst Palace can reach the mythical figure of 40 points this week um, with eight games still to be played. Um, Jesse, who are you picking for the win here?
1: Well, this begins the the at-the-beach phrase. I mean, we're going to hear this (laughs) countless times for the next few weeks. Crystal Palace, uh, the first to get their rooms reserved. And checking at the hotel they are officially at the beach i think they're um, already there they are 100 they've ordered you know they've ordered a margarita and they've got their feet up so they wanted to beat the crowds so they <laughs> got in early <laughs> yeah, like, a bit of public transport chat they've um, they've, they've, uh, they've they've beaten the rush hour um, but Boys, what, think, do you Hodgins, what do you reckon hodgson's ordering from the bar uh, I was going to ask the
0: same question <laughs>
1: It's definitely sex on the beach, um, <laughs> dirty old boy. Um, I've got, I've, I've got Everton winning two one, um, but uh, boys, just just take that with a grain of salt because Everton find a way to shit themselves at home. So um don't be surprised if Zaha just spoils the party. Hundred percent would not be
0: surprised if, even with Crystal Palace at the beach, Everton find a way to lose or draw this game. Um <laughs> Wolves host uh, West Ham in the final match of the round. Uh, Colby, uh, Wolves' season, likewise, is almost done. They're five points short of the mythical 40-point mark. Um, however, West Ham still have it all to play for. Um, they can jump back into the top four and finish uh, the round in the top four uh, after Chelsea's lock uh, loss if they, they manage to get all three points here. Colby, uh, what are you predicting?
2: Uh, I'm, I'm predicting a West Ham win, Tommy, um, Wolves been a bit patchy. Um, I think, and I think West Ham, yeah, lo- like you were sort of, uh, alluding to, they've got a little bit more to play for, um, you know, with this, um, these European spots dangling, still tantalizingly close for them. I think West Ham will, will continue to push at least, uh, and will get the result against Wolves. I'm going to say, uh, 2-1.
0: I think uh, without Raul Jimenez, uh we'll still be a pretty much a, a lower mid table team and uh, I think they're gonna struggle still with without um without Jimenez back in the team. Although that I think place him- to a return. Yeah and it's sort of a bit a little bit hard to tell like how long it's going to take before he's uh, back um, back in the match day squad because I mean we don't really see many skull fractures in the Premier League so it's a little bit hard to get an idea of how long it's going to take before he he starts training and how big the gap is between resuming training and actually being in the match day squad but anyway uh, exciting times I guess ahead for West Ham fans potentially or also potential of uh, time to be disappointed too Um, (laughs) before we finish up though, uh, we've got another more than a game fantasy premier league prize to give away, um, because March has finished. So, um, Ash, uh, excuse pronunciation, Ash Parajulis, uh, Los Montaneros, uh, take out the March prize. Finally, we've got an outright winner, uh, an outright winner who was a paid entrance. So congrats Ash. Um, overall, uh, Raul X Greenwood has developed a 25 point, a uh, 25 point lead over Eric Lawrence's red or dead. Uh, while Jesse Farmer is still third overall, just one point behind Eric. Hanging in there. Overall, um, Jesse is way out ahead of all of the other more than a game host. Whilst, uh, I'm in second, I think I'm in like 35th overall. Um, but, uh, Scott Johnson's in third Colby, uh, is then in fourth followed That's by nice. George. Last week's guest, Mikey, Killian and Damo round out the host places. So um, uh, good luck to everyone who's still playing. I've got to admit, I had two transfers in the bank this uh, for this game week and I completely forgot about it. So, um, yeah, FPL, love it. <laughs> Colby, how are you going and how are you enjoying uh, your debut FPL
2: season? Oh, this is my second season. It might, it might seem like it's my debut season in so far as I'm a bit shit. Yeah. You're playing like a noob. So I think I'm pretty sure I won the um the, the the monthly award out of all of the MTAG hosts this month. I think I'm the highest placed uh, this month, looks so. looks looks like somebody's uh, done a bit of digging. Late surge, late surge.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I love that that you. It, it sounds like you definitely checked, mate. Look, uh, congrats to you, Colby. Uh, maybe <laughs> I haven't got it up in front of me right now, so. <laughs> Yes. I, and I haven't checked, so I can't prove or disprove it either. So, mate, I'll, I'll give you this one. Um, all right, uh, that wraps up this week's pod. Though, um, thanks very much for everyone for tuning in. Uh, I know Sal, you have definitely been amused by my internet shooting itself uh, uh, throughout this pod. Uh, you mentioned that my lips were still moving, but there was no sound coming out. Uh, it was a bit like a, an old kung fu movie which, which had been dubbed. So, um, hopefully, we're still able to make a good podcast out of this. For all of the well, listeners, can
2: tune into this on on YouTube anytime. Tommy, they 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 want they can um, just come and you know lap up the glory. <laughs> That is uh, our our uh, live recordings. Amazingly, the the port actually never cut
0: out. It was it was just meant that there were whole periods where everything was real jerky, and then it, um would would all just catch up in like the space of half a second. And I was like, "Yep, all right, cool. I'm I'm back live with everyone."
2: the The pod the has got more jerky than a uh, than a
1: than a truck stop, eh? Yeah, well, you're you're looking a little bit like uh, one of the characters <laughs> off the Thunderbirds, there, Tommy, for a while. <laughs>
0: oh dear well look that is just i guess the magic of, of live tv and uh live podcasting really isn't it but um thanks everyone for for joining in fantastic to have you on the pod again as always colby you and i at the same time together jesse great to, to be uh with, spend some more time with you too so um until next time ladies and gents enjoy the football